Welcome to the Bariatric Podcast, the weight loss surgery podcast coming to you from Central Texas. I'm your host, Chip Reynolds, and today is February 5th, 2017. This is episode 11 of the Bariatric Podcast. Thank you for listening. In this episode, I'll be talking about my experience with stalling and my training to complete a marathon. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please like us on Facebook. We can be found at facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast, or you can email the show at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. To start the show, here is my progress report. I'm 46 years old. My heaviest weight was 356 pounds. My surgery weight was 320 pounds. My current weight is 173 pounds. My goal weight is 170 pounds. I had the gastric bypass on December 7th, 2015. Let's get started. Special thanks to Noel Padilla for the music. So I am now 14 months out from my surgery, and as of January 3rd, 2017, I have officially hit my goal weight of 170 pounds. How fantastic is that? It's been a while since the last episode, so let's get caught up. In September, I took a trip to Florida to visit with family. It was the first time I flew in a plane since the surgery, and I got to experience another non-scale victory. Not only did I not need a seatbelt extension, but I had to pull a good amount of material through the seatbelt just to tighten it across my lap. I'm still sometimes shocked by the actual difference in my size now. I recently had a tooth cleaning at the dentist, and I remember that I, w- I used to have to clutch my hands together on my belly because I was too wide for my arms to actually fit on the armrest of the chair. Now, not only can I put my arms down at my sides, but there's room left over on either side of the chair. I've noticed the same thing at the barber's chair. I've had to stop myself from asking if they changed out the chairs for larger ones. No, I just got smaller, and it feels fantastic. Taking note of these non-skilled victories is very important, especially if you find yourself stalling during your weight loss. In September, I hit a stall. I spent about six weeks hanging around 185 pounds. For the first week or so, I didn't really think anything of it. In fact, I really didn't worry about it at all. I was only 15 pounds away from my goal, and there are much worse places for you to have a stall happen. But during this period of time, my training was a little bit sporadic. I had a couple of longer races, I took some time off after each one of them, so I knew I wasn't getting as much exercise as I had been before. But I also took a a closer look at my diet during that time. I'm still using my fitness pal to log all the food that I take every day. I tell people all the time, if it goes in my mouth, it goes in my phone. And I made sure I was keeping track of all these intake goals that I had. Because the habits that I put in place when I had the surgery have helped me not only lose weight, but keep track of what I'm eating and helping me make those right decisions for my diet. And keeping track of what you're eating and what you're burning is what helps keep you focused on your goals, what helps me. I always make sure I keep up with my basics. I get my minimum goals of protein and fluids. And something to always remember, and I keep this in mind all the time, it's important to make the right choices and keep making the right choices with your food, even if you feel like it isn't making a difference. 
You're going to have plateaus as you lose weight, but if you keep on doing the right things, you'll move through them eventually. It's hard to see that when you're stuck in the middle of a stall, I know, but it's true. Between October and December, I finally started losing weight again, and I took off another 10 pounds or so, made it down to about 175. I was really happy to be losing weight again and to be so close to my goal. I was one year from my surgery date there in the first week of December, and I had completely transformed my life. I was much more active, and I was set to tackle my goal of completing a marathon. Now, when I was younger, I loved to run. I ran track and cross country in high school, and I kept up with running for many years while I was in the Army. But one thing that I never did was run a marathon. When I was stationed in Hawaii, I would regularly run a 10-mile route from our base to the north shore of the island, uh, usually with a friend, and then we would normally have somebody else meet us there and drive us back. In 1996, I did do a half marathon, and in 2000, I did the Oahu Perimeter Relay. In that race, I ran more than 17 miles, but it was split up over several legs of 1 to 4 miles in length. Mostly over the years, I did 5K and 10K races, or I just ran for myself. Doing a marathon when I was younger was something I'd never really thought about. After I'd gained the weight, I never thought I'd be able to run again, let alone attempt something so big. When I had the surgery, I remember asking my surgeon and nutritionist if they had any post-op patients ever who had run a marathon before, and neither of them had. But they encouraged me to set my goals and promised to be there for me as I trained and prepared. The nutrition clinic was especially helpful with providing guidance for, you know, for dieting for performance. Nutrition for any athlete is important, but for a bariathlete, it's also problematic. By the way, I didn't make that term up. It's out there on the internet, and there are websites specifically geared towards assisting bariatric post-ops with nutrition plans for athletic performance. I set the goal to run the marathon by the end of 2016. When folks ask why I chose the San Antonio Rock and Roll Marathon, I told them it was the last one on the calendar of the year and that it was within driving distance. I won't go into too many details about my training plan, partly because I kind of just winged it. I made sure I was getting in plenty of distance runs multiple times a week, and push my longest run each week just a little bit longer every two weeks or so until I could do 15 miles without any issues. I did attempt one longer run in the weeks leading up to the marathon, but had to stop at 20 miles and walk most of the last three to get home. I was just exhausted. Which leads me back to the nutrition side of things. Fueling your body is such a key element, especially for a person that is post-op. I cannot emphasize how important it is to keep your fluids and food intake up while training. I tried several supplements and foods to help during my training and found many that I couldn't tolerate. What worked for me may not work for you, but it's important to try things so that you can find what does work for you. Now, During that time, I had read about a woman that had completed a marathon after a gastric bypass and learned that she could tolerate bananas before runs and she would suck on energy beans while she ran. Now, I found that I tolerated bananas very well too. So I would have a banana before a long run and then again one after. They're good for potassium as well as the carbs. On the recommendation of the nutritionist, I tried some energy gels. I didn't react well to the Goo brand, but a friend of mine uses Honey Stingers and I tried those. I tried several flavors and liked the Fruit Plench flavor the best. I also didn't have any problems with keeping them down or any kind of dumping. The nice thing about the gels is that you don't have to worry about mixing solids with liquids. When you're post-op, you're told to try and separate food and drink so you don't fill up your pouch with fluid while trying to eat or pushing the food out of your pouch too quickly by taking the, the liquid in. Hydration is key in exercising, so it's a large consideration when planning. 
With the gels, you can keep on sipping water all at the same time. The week before the marathon, I ran a half marathon in Waco. It was my performance test run for all the training I had done. I had my running belt loaded with two full water bottles and enough gels to take one every two miles. The race was fantastic. Flat course, two laps along the river, uh, along the path of a, on a river. I finished the half marathon in one hour, 51 minutes and some change, and I felt great. I was ready for San Antonio. I did a couple of short runs to keep my legs stretched in the week leading up to the marathon. I went down a day early and planned to stay a day after the race because I didn't want to try driving home after the full marathon. On the morning of the race, I got up early and got ready. I loaded up two running belts with energy gels and filled up my two water bottles. I wore my compression shorts and shirt under my running gear, which included a pair of running tights and a, and a set of compression sleeves for my calves. It was cold that morning in San Antonio and rain was in the forecast. I made my way down to the starting area, a little less than a mile from the hotel, and found my starting gate. I predicted I'd finish in about six hours and that placed me in one of the last corrals. I was a jumble of nerves. I mean, this was a huge undertaking and it was the farthest I'd planned on ever, to ever go at one time. My confidence was a little shaky due to the 20 mile run I'd attempted a month earlier and having, and having to walk the last three miles of it, but I was determined to finish and complete this goal, whether that be running or walking. When my group got to the start line, I moved out pretty quickly, way too quickly. I was dodging around people immediately because I was trying to run faster than the pace I'd predicted. I knew I was making a mistake, but I couldn't help myself. I just knew I was faster than everyone around me and had to get ahead of them. It started raining early in the race and it was miserable. Everything I wore was soaked very quickly. I kept trying to slow myself down, but it wasn't working. I kept thinking, I'll just pass one more pack, one more pack. I was doing a lot of left or right running along the course just to get around these folks, which quickly began to add up and increase the distance I was running. By the time I hit the 20 mile marker, my GPS had me about three quarters of a mile further than the, than the mile markers were showing. Around the middle point of the race, I had settled down a little bit, but I was still feeling the effect of the distance. I was getting my air GHLs in every two miles, but I was reaching a point where I didn't want to take another. The amount of sweetness to them, even after 30 minutes, was getting too much. One of the water points had some energy gummies, and I used them for a couple of miles, but they also had a really sweet taste. Eventually, around mile 15, I skipped my gel and didn't take another one for a while. It was at mile 17 that I was exhausted. The rain had stopped, but I was still soaked from it. The wind was brutal and biting. I actually thought about quitting, but the layout of the course made it that I'd end up at doing the full distance whether I went forward or backwards. And I was so far ahead of the end of the line pack and the straggler bus that it would have taken forever to be picked up. In the end, there was no way I was going to quit, but the thought did come up in my head. Before the race, I put a link on my Facebook page where folks could sign up to track my progress. I asked people to send messages of support to me uh, throughout the race via text or Facebook, and people did. It was great. It was such a great boost every time my phone would let me know that someone had messaged me. Starting from mile 17, I started to walk and I walked for about three miles. At mile 19, I went ahead and took another energy gel for the first time at about four miles. And by mile 20, I felt like I needed to run again. This was partly because my energy started to return a little bit, but also it was just so cold that I wanted to run the warm up. I ran the last six plus miles and kept on taking the energy gels every two miles at that point. Also, I should note, I stopped at every water point throughout the entire race and drank a full cup before continuing the run. 
I'll mention it again. Hydration and fueling are so important when working out. I also finished off both of the water bottles that I carried on my running belt throughout the race. Coming to the 25 mile marker was such a great feeling. Just 1.2 miles to go. I knew it was almost over and I was really excited to be done. I pushed myself during the last stretch to the finish line. I knew there were cameras and I wanted to look strong. I have the photos. And at least I felt like I looked strong, right? But what an amazing feeling it was to cross the finish line. Someone handed me my finisher's medal and all I could think of was getting my jacket and then back to the hotel. My legs were done. When I got to the tent with the jackets, all I could think of was that there was no way I could stand in line behind five people. I just wanted to sit down, but I knew that if I sat down, I probably wouldn't get up and walk for a good long while. I found a spot to stretch a little, and then I got in line for my jacket. And once I got it, I, I started back to the hotel. Now there was something that I knew going in, but I just hadn't planned for what it was gonna feel like afterwards. But my hotel was a mile away from the finish line, and I had to walk that entire way back. And it started to pour down rain again when I was about halfway there. When I did finally get back to the hotel, I, found, I ran a bathtub full of hot water and just soaked for 20 minutes. Once the water got a little tepid, I drained the tub and ran another hot bath for another 25 minutes. I then tried to nap a bit, but I was so overtired and exhausted that I just lay in the bed wishing I could sleep. I got up that evening and walked to the river center, which was probably the best thing I could have done, just stretched my legs out a little bit. I had dinner there. I checked my fitness pal and it reported that I had burned 7,357 calories that day and I had only consumed 1,980, which is still the most I've logged in a single day since having the surgery. It was such a great feeling to have accomplished my goal and, I, and, and to be done with it. When I finally decided to post to Facebook, I said I was officially retired from marathons. I took some time to look over the past year and I just marveled at the results of my decision and the hard work I put into achieving it. I took a good bit of December off from running. My ankle was a little sore for a while, but I scheduled another half marathon on, on January 1st. I felt it was a perfect way to say thank you and goodbye to 2016 and to start off my new year in 2017. I posted to Facebook around that time that I had trouble you know, talking about how I had trouble standing for 10 minutes without experiencing back pain and now I can run 10 miles just because I want to. This surgery and my journey have been an absolute blessing and I'm so happy that I did it and that I've been able to share it with so many people. On that note, I'd like to read to you all my Facebook post for my one year anniversary of the surgery. What an amazing year this has been for me. I've said this so many times, but I feel like I've gotten my life back. Thank all of you, thank you all for your support and encouragement along the way. I know I say that every time I post about this, but I just can't say it enough. It has meant the world to me to have you all join me. I am down to 174 pounds, that is 182 pounds gone. I'm still retired from running marathons for now, but we'll see how long that lasts. I'm already feeling the urge to improve upon my time. Crazy. Next up, I will be having surgery on January 3rd to remove excess skin from my belly. It's called a fleur-de-lis abdominoplasty or tummy tuck. You can see a little in the white shirt pictures below what I have left there and I promise you it ain't pretty under the shirt or shorts. I have a large overflap of excess flesh just hanging down on my abdomen now. I've had a chance to chat with some folks that have had the similar procedure done with the same plastic surgeon and I'm really excited to get this done. I made that post on 6 December 2016. 
The pictures I reference can be found on the, pod, on the podcast Facebook page, facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast. I stated in that post that I was retired from marathons, but just a few days after that post, I signed up to run the same one again in 2017. I'll see you in San Antonio on December 3rd, I think it is this year. The plastic surgery that I referenced is also completed on January 3rd, and I'll be talking about that in the next episode. Finally, I'd like to finish off the show with some thank yous. A big thank you to the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center. Everyone there has maintained the utmost in respect, competence, and professionalism in every interaction I've ever had there. They have given me the opportunity to live the life that I want. Thank you to the Fort Hood Losers Bench Facebook page. There's a lot of support there, ranging from questions and answers to exercise meetups. There are a number of 5Ks coming up starting very soon, and it's much more fun if you get out there and join join them out and join them and, and do them with someone. You can search for the group on Facebook and request to join to learn more. Also, thank you to the Fort Hood Team RWB chapter members. Your influence, leadership, and friendship have meant the world to me over the past year. I've made some great friends there. Finally, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me on this journey. Thank you so much for your support. If you have questions or comments for the show, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com bariatricpodcast or email us at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. In future episodes, we'll do our best to answer your questions and cover your concerns. Thank you for listening.